0: Howdy, and welcome back once again to the FPL Jingle, this time for episode three. Um I've got Steven with me. Say hi Steve.
1: Hello and how are you? Ah,
0: good, good. I just back from James Bond, actually, which was a, a thriller, a bit emotional.
1: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I saw it uh, last week. It was uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I am a bit of a Bond fan, so yeah. Good time. Uh Daniel Craig, how does he rank? Um potentially best bond for me i might be biased but i Ooh. i think yeah i just think the way he's portrayed the, the role um obviously connery is always going to be considered the best because was the first person to ever do it but i really like what daniel craig's done with the character over this uh five arc movie span but haters gonna yeah, i think hate. he
0: modernized it well i think so too but anyways back back to the podcast. Uh, we have three juicy topics in store today. We have the international break and what Premier League players done well there. We're going to look ahead at next week, uh, what, what, you know, where are the clean sheets and where who's going to do well and who to pick up and so on and so forth and who we're going to pick up and if, if you're willing to give that away <coughs> to you. and last and certainly not least, we are going to introduce you to Stephen Lines. You can jump in there, Steve if you like.
2: Howdy to the audience I'm um, very happy to be on um an absolute pleasure to be the first guest and the only the second Steve to be on the pod so some real milestones for me um yeah hopefully I can kind of contribute to what you've been going you've had going I've really enjoyed the first uh, couple episodes so hopefully I don't make people turn on you.
1: Nah, the no, second, the second, and maybe the best, Steve. They well, do. There's not many other Steves after the after us too,
2: and they often do say second is best. So um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we can establish that order fairly of early sort. in the series.
1: Jesus, only like <laughs> only the third episode, you're already vetting my replacement on. Jesus Christ. I mean, look,
0: I'm just just uh, looking at the field at the moment. There's a waiver wire out there.
1: Jesus, don't I know it, podcast
0: huh? Host. I, have to, I have to
1: give a good performance today to justify c- getting the, the starting appearance for the next episode. Yeah, I'm a steaver getting...
2: beaver here, excited to get going.
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, I'm glad we could finally get you on after oh, okay. Owen teasing you on the first episode and then not getting you, onto the, <laughs> not getting you in for the second episode, so uh, it was great to have you on.
2: No, I think I deserved the suspense, um, definitely, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do respect my appearance.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like, just to touch on it briefly, Steve, you were kind of here for the the very first league, the very first edition of the of the FPL jingle. Like when it was like the six original members, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I'm an OG. Um, yeah, kind of, Yeah, when it started off as a bunch of kind of FIFA hoodlums who needed to kind of get their uh, beak wet elsewhere and. Uh, Thus, the league was born.
1: Yeah, it's really, um, it's really evolved from that stage. For like, I mean, you, you and I, and football founding members. I, I joined later on, obviously, but like, it's, it's must have been pretty cool to see it turn into what it is now.
0: Oh yeah, so you're your ter- third year, Steve, is it?
1: Uh, yeah. Right. Nice.
0: Uh, ah, sorry, uh, Steve. I, I, I cut across you there, Mister Lines.
2: Ah, uh, no problem. Yeah, we must get used to kind of the trio banter after even a, such a comedic duo. Uh, but, but yeah, like I couldn't have ever imagined um, Dilly growing into what I was kind of from its early stages. Just kind of six people, you know. That's kind of you know a very standard, casual thing, and it's uh, turned into. Quite literally, a non-standard, massive thing with us moving off the FPL site and having 18. So, yeah, beyond our, my wildest dreams.
0: Yeah, that has been super. Um, yeah, like it was, it was. We 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 had been playing the the official app, but um, I I get no enjoyment personally out of the accumulation of points over 38 game weeks. I think the the head-to-head and the draft mode are just so much superior and keep you so much more engaged week to week
1: yeah that's that's my that's my exact opinion as well like i because i, cause I yeah. tried doing fantasy with like my mates back home in dublin and but it was regular fantasy so every all of us were basically picking up the same five or six players you know yeah. so it just got very boring for me very fast so definitely the head-to-head the the fact that you you, not everyone has the same players and who you can pick up on the waiver wire to make a difference, could either win you or lose you the game week that sort of stuff I find it way more exciting
0: Absolutely, now oh, um, we digress a little um, the first topic of the day is uh, Stephen Lyne, so how your season's going, what your team looks like now, but maybe you'll start us with your draft if you have it in front of you.
2: Oh yeah, no I came prepared, Um you know, nearly There's know it off by heart because, um, you know, again, I'm an SPL loser, so again, really thrilled to be on the pod. Yeah, um, I,
1: I, I, I'm hearing a ruffle in the papers, and it actually makes me yeah. happy.
2: Oh, the, the yellow legal pad is out, and I'm not Oof. even a lawyer.
1: Yellow. Oh, See,
0: yeah. Like, Whose who's, who's team name is the man in the shed.
2: The man in the shed.
0: One of, one of my favourite team names. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um... But yeah, it's just, um, I'll, yeah I'll, get, I'll kind of go through some of my rounds and raise some suspicions kind of where things have gone well and not. Um, I started off with the fifth pick in my draft group. Uh, good competitive bunch. Um, I got uh, Romelu Lukaku with the fifth pick. Uh, thrilled with him. Um, If he hadn't signed into the league, I would have been a bit, been a bit more unsure who to take there. And he's um, definitely looked the part that's coming back into the league. Um, another new arrival in second round, Jaden Sancho. Uh, kind of Steve uh, Moizel kind of has maligned that second round pick. I went down in a very similar way. Uh, I'm not emotional. He's strong enough to talk about it. Um, <laughs> finally, started kind of getting back to not being a shite bag in the third round. Got Rafinha. Uh, then I've another couple of attacking players and lefties and. Saka and then in between Foden and sixth I got Yatten and fifth. He ruined my lefty rhythm actually. Uh, then a quick run through kind of uh defenders and Van Dyke and Tierney. Then on to one of my probably my pick of the year for me so far, and probably for a lot of people, um Antonio just returning every game for West Ham. Looks formidable up top. And... Um, then along those lines as well, kind of, he's my, he's in my Antonio light and his name sounds like him as well. It's Ivan Tony. And um, been really impressed with anything I've seen from him in a Renfrew shirt so far this season. Then some, then just kind of defenders and keepers to round off. Varane, Zinchenko, uh, Mendy, who is no longer in the city squad for some reason, and Ariola, who ended up
0: being the West Ham Reserve keeper.
1: Now, we know the reason Mendy isn't in the squad. We just don't talk about it. Yeah,
0: best best avoid that one. I saw a video recently of uh, Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg uh, commentating on the Olympics and Saudi Arabia up here. And the two of just go. Nah, I'm not saying a word about that. Look away. Look away. Don't even. There's women there. Don't even look at them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, um, but like having a quick uh, look through your team, Steve. Um, fairly solid. I mean, I- I'm obviously in a similar boat with Sancho. But just because Fantrax has so few midfielders and there was so much hype around him when he when he signed for United, you just thought you know it was it was going to be a success, and it still could be. But so far, it's been very very little. Um, I was surprised just looking at it here that Ferran Va- was left so late in your draft, like twelfth round. Yeah, um,
2: especially because kind of like the rest of the United defenders had kind of come off a fair bit earlier, and he was just kind of left lying there. So yeah, I was very happy that he was um still lying around there. Unfortunately, injured during the uh, recent international break, so. I'll Probably have to divert off him and a very very tough run of fixtures upcoming for Manchester United in general. So probably his injury made my decision making a lot easier, but obviously not a not wishing that injury upon anyone, especially
1: anyone in my squad. <laughs> no, of course not. Owen, any comments? Uh, well,
0: first question about Varane: Was there many Man United fans in your league, or is there many of the Man
1: United fans?
2: Um. I believe no, it's all Man United fans, Bear, myself yeah. and Connell.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like Andy United fan, uh Tig United fan, Connor United fan, Porrick, United fan. So oh, I, shame shame on them. <laughs> I had yeah, Mark I mean... in my league whose team name whose team's name
0: is Champions League Veran. And um, a yeah. funny tidbit
2: into one of our earlier game weeks, uh when I played Mark Lawsey, um he. Again, given his team name, he drafted Varane like me. Except I started Varane and he didn't. Varane got an assist and Varane beat Mark Team's Team Champions League, Varane. Sorry, oh, Mark.
0: Um, so, I'm looking down to your team, looking at questionable picks. Um, Yeah, the two City fullbacks. I actually thought Sinchenko was going to get a few games. Uh, Rafinha Saka, you couldn't have known what was going to happen with Sancho, at the time I thought it wasn't a very well drafted team, but looking at it now it's actually panned out fairly well
1: like you have Jota, who is it Jota's injured for a bit, is that his story? Uh, No, he's back training there was a report today that he's back in full training with the team and he's in contention for the weekend
0: Okay, that's
1: good Uh, Kieran Tierney
0: uh, like Arsenal just starting to kind of turn things around like I obviously picked up Ramsdale myself Bone to pick with you, Stephen Lines. Uh, your pick placeholder away. for your placeholder for Ramelu Lukaku. Yes. Uh, go on. What was who was it?
2: Um, Adrian Broja or who? Aurelian
0: Broja? He it's, was a... it's it's Armando Broja who is an up and coming striker. Uh, Chelsea Loney.
1: Oh, and yeah, if we back. had to, if we had to pause and and dedicate a second a segment of the pod to every time you talk about a Chelsea Loney player, we'd literally talk about nothing else.
0: Poor Armando Broja is just after coming back from injury, and would have been a fine pickup for someone else had you not taken him as a placeholder for the bumbling Ramalou Lukaku.
2: I can justify that by saying I was aware of Broja as um, a Chelsea player. And him um, as such took him in place of a, an actual Chelsea player, and then um, just g- given his su- recent signing to Southampton, he was obviously going to have to accumulate to the surroundings. So I knew wouldn't it you- wouldn't be an issue week one.
1: You don't have to justify yourself to him, Steve. Like he just, just he, he's off in his own little world. Just leave him alone. Like he just, oh god. I...
2: I, I, I just nice. like to justify my decision, just because I believe at some point in the pod we might uh, go back to memory lane and look at someone else's uh, Lukaku
0: placeholder. So keep an eye yeah, out during potential. the series. Uh, that's a that's going to be controversial down the it, line. If, imagine... we do, if we do have Paddy on, it'll be a fucking
1: oh, it'll be bedlam. It, it, yeah, there'll be Hate there'll me. be uproar in the Discord. Um, the, the,
2: the, the defence won't rest
1: <laughs> no uh, the only other uh, pick that I think maybe hasn't worked out the best so far is Phil Foden obviously be just because Pep wrote Pep Roulette and just rotating players in and out all the time like he obviously hasn't been starting a whole lot like he's kind what, of been, what round? Uh, I took sixth. the
2: sixth, sixth. Um, in fairness though he's only actually back fit since the after the previous international break, so and just based on his performances for uh, Liverpool and England or against Liverpool and for England, kind of, I, yeah, I, I hate Pepe as much as the next man. It grinds yeah, yeah. my gears, but I'm I think again with the lack of mids in fan tracks, I I think he's going to be a bit of a a, a gem for me. He'll he'll win me a few weeks.
1: Fair enough.
0: Uh, he did it for me last season he just uh, on occasion gets a few bangers and if you have the room for him if if you can afford to like have him drop to the bench or whatever it's pretty nice yeah um, like
2: he was injured when I uh, drafted him so I, I I'd already had, kind of did that luxury of I can live without him yep
0: yeah. um, okay um, you know like I'm not giving you as much abuse as I was given to Steve in last or last episode which just came out today to the surprise um, of nobody might I add yeah. Um. I mean, the city fullbacks. Yeah. I mean, at the time, maybe it made some sense. Mindy Enzincenko, like, no, nah, two-bit pair players that you could have done without. Outside yeah. of that, yeah, yeah, fair enough.
2: Yeah, my team was kind of built from the fifth to the twelfth round, kind of basically all solid picks in there for me, and then Sancho, uh, a bit shaky at two, and then yeah. The back
1: arse fell out of my draft with Zinchenko, Mendy, <laughs> Ariola. All right, we move on to yeah. on. Yeah, um, so Steve is
0: in second. Uh, Steve Lines has five wins, a draw, and a loss, so he's just behind me, two points behind. And what does that put him? Put him two points ahead of Stephen Meiselbach, uh, who's in fifth. Um, what's so? Yeah, maybe that's that's an idea of how you've gotten on so far. What is does your team look like at the moment, Steve?
2: Um, so, obviously, the City fullbacks are both gone. I kind of ripped the band-aid off on that fairly early. Again, kind of, as we touched on, I just realised I handcuffed myself to Pep. No, let's not do that. Um, so, Aspilqueta and Vestergaard were kind of two who came in for me pretty quickly there, and have more or less been staples of the side since... Leicester defence generally being disappointing, disappointing, so not a lot of clean sheets from Vestager but good talented player. I really, I like him and I thought Leicester's defence would be better.
0: Love the Chelsea defence. Uh yeah, so you're saying Aspilaqueta was the better of the Chelsea to choose?
2: Um of those available, yeah, I felt he would he kinda comes in at right wing back and plays kinda as
0: one of the back three as well. And, you, um, you do expect him to start every game, and, yeah.
1: Well, he's, he's captain, so he's more than likely to start, isn't he? Like you know, over yeah. certain other over other certain players, um, especially now that Reese James has that that kind of injury, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. You you, you figure credible will deputize a right back, a right wing back yeah. until he's until he's fit again.
0: I'd have questions about Vestergaard myself. Now I haven't touched Leicester. I don't think in any sense this season, but um, yeah, Aspie's a good pickup.
2: Yeah, um, we might get on to Vestergaard when we look at waivers later on because, um, yeah, he might be getting the chop.
1: Yeah, that's the defense. What's the midfield looking like, Steve?
2: Um, the midfield is as drafted. I haven't touched it, um so it's Rafinha, Saka, uh, Foden, and Sancho. Um, yeah. Grafin, you've been kind of carrying the the load there, uh, basically all year. Saka's starting to come to life, and now Foden's returned from injury, kind of making that a bit more of a unit.
1: Yeah, like it's a strong midfield. Looking at it there, like, and the the reason it's probably staying as is, is because if you were to even try and drop any of those players, like you wouldn't get them back again. What's what's interesting looking at it here, and I've only just noticed it myself, is that Saka only has two less points than Rafinha so far this season, which I would never have thought. I,
2: I suppose he kind of bundled them all into the, the Spurs game when he was fantastic. And I think Rafinha's missed kind of a couple of minutes here and there just with a niggling injury, but it hasn't impacted his ability to start too much. And um, my team definitely needed that in those early weeks in terms of midfield return.
1: Yeah, especially with Leeds missing Bamford. Like, they're not overly reliant on Rafinha, but like, if he's even only like 50 to 60% fit, you're still starting him just because of what he can do.
0: Yeah, Rodrigo's been a bit of a letdown in that sense, hasn't he? He seems.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's that move has worked so far at all. To see the so far for Leeds, but it might still come good. But like they seem to be playing him in in behind the striker, and I when he was playing at at his best, maybe at Valencia, it was when he was playing up top. You know, so it seems like it's kind of a new role they kind of want him to adapt into at Leeds, and maybe he's not done it as successfully so far.
0: Yeah, I I certainly thought he was signed as a striker, not as a cam or or whatever a, a ten or a floating ten, whatever. So.
2: Yeah, like he was Spain's starting number nine when he signed and then just, yeah, kind of never hit the ground running. Bamford held his ground and then, yeah, he's kind of struggled for a game time and a position in the team. And even in those 10-rolls, that's kind of the two 10-rolls for Leeds, um, yeah, kind of Dallas and Click seem to be the preferred pairing when everyone's available.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're forward, Steve.
2: Yeah, very happy with my forwards. Um, Lukaku hasn't done too much in recent weeks, but yeah, he's just in a good, very good Chelsea side. He's a very good finisher. Um, displayed that in an international break against France. Um, then Yata has been a nice, steady return of points. Obviously not the, the flash of um Salah or Anton, but um, ever since he signed from uh, Wolves, he's just been a... I've been in the side, he just, he just contributes with the goals and assists, so I've been very happy with him as a fantasy player. Um, and then, yeah, Mikel Antonio, just chalk him down for 38 goals, 38 assists uh, this season. He just seems to do both at every game. So, delighted with him. And, um, I have Ivan Tony as well, but I didn't get all of the returns from him. Um, it's a few times I've mentioned it now, but um, I did a deal with the devil and brought in Ferran Torres for two weeks for Tony. Uh, Tony returned. Uh, Ferran Torres didn't. Um. Yeah, I, I've been hurt before, and I'll be hurt again.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking. There, bringing in Ferran Torres, I was like, I bet you he didn't return. And then you said exactly that, and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Pepperla added again. Um. Like we'll get on to Ferran Torres uh, maybe when we get to the international um fixtures but like he's really kind of developing as the as a center forward there which was interesting because when they they signed him from valencia originally i think he was obviously a, a winger so it's been interesting to see how that transition has been going for him um yeah i i I've, I've wavered in tony myself uh, like and i feel like he's a he's a good waiver for the long term not just for maybe the the, the shorter term fixtures that are coming up for him
0: yeah, I... he's a serious bit of stuff, Tony. He's—he's—I like, think Embuemo might be playing up further up front than him, but um, I he like he's pure class. He's um, maybe he is the best player to have come up from the championship this season.
1: It's not very uh, often you see a, a, a forward pairing in the champion not in the championship in the Premier League. Like if you were to think of all the teams, it, like most of them will play with one one forward up top, whereas Brentford seem to have two. And like they seem to be working really well together. Like they they kind of know the, the kind of movements that each other like to make, and it's working out really well for Brentford so far. Especially considering the type of football that they like to play.
2: Yeah, the kind of to, I'd echo own um, sentiments there. Just yeah, well, Ivan Tony just looks class, and then you know he has the physical tools on top of just general good play and vision. Um, seems to be a very good penalty taker as well, which is always um, a nice kind of string to your bow and a,
0: and a fantasy forward uh, uh, on pens and set pieces is a a massive bit for fpl but um just to sum up your team there steve so you've doubled up on the chelsea goalies which is, just makes loads of sense you've gotten rid of the city fullbacks that don't play and you've got in aspelaqueta Um uh, matt lowton came in um, to replace who that was a, maybe one it's just a one week team. thing
2: um, but yeah, I picked him up against Norwich. Matt Lowton, just um, personally is a SPL cult hero. I bring him in, he returns. End of.
0: I don't have the same faith in Burnley as I used to, but maybe it's something I can start to do come, going forward. Um, but in fairness, well done for from the mids and forwards. Aside from dropping Tony and bringing him back in, you haven't changed your outfielders. Uh, so well done on a good draft In that sense Yeah
2: it's rare that um, I don't kind of like Tear my draft apart Within like the first 5-6 weeks Usually because of poor drafting And incompetence as a person But um, yeah I have a nice kind of core of players there So I A few defenders will rotate in and out But I can't see much um, Changing that yet yeah, midfield and forward line I'll kind of ride or die with them
0: Okay um Thanks for the update on your draft, how you've gone and how you are uh, in fantasy football so far, Steve. I think we can move on to the international break. So, we're coming to the close of maybe a slightly more entertaining international break than we're used to. Uh, The Nations League came to a conclusion... And a couple of interesting games, fantasy football wise, also occurred. Uh, maybe Steve, you might kick us off on Wednesday. Spain beat Italy two
1: one. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was the the first of the two semi finals for the Nations League. Um, obviously, Italy fresh off the Euros uh, win, and Spain obviously from the disappointment of losing in the semi finals there. So rematch of uh, of that game. And, uh, yeah, Spain gave a, a very good account of themselves um, for Torres scoring twice with uh, Aratabal, um I think from Sociedad, uh, who's, who's he played? Yeah, that's who he plays for, uh, getting the two assists for both his goals. Uh, like I was mentioning before, he's turned into kind of a more, a, a better centre-forward under Pep, and that's where he started for Spain and got the two goals. One of them was a very nice headed goal um, back uh, across the keeper into the far far corner. Um and it just kind of went to show how Spain are playing like they started Gavi a nice 17 year old lad um who looked he <laughs> looked way beyond his years as a player and um Luis Enrique is just the coach that Barcelona really really need right now <laughs> the way they play the with the national team is just exactly the way that Barca would want to play but they're stuck with Ronald Koeman and all this gather-up of players that he has accumulated, like Frankie de Jong, and, her, and then you have Martin Braithwaite is there. Like, yes, I don't know. But uh, Sp- A group
0: of individuals, absolutely.
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh, Italy kind of came back into it at the end. Pellegrini got a goal from a Chiesa assist, but Spain were able to hang on and advance to the final then in a, in a, in a good game.
2: Yeah, I've I'm been really impressed with Spain, actually. I kind of thought i um... Even kind of before the Euros, that they're kind of going to head into a bit of a not a dark age, but a bit of a dip from their uh, previous glories, and kind of didn't see really where um, the talent or kind of the succ- sustained kind of effort that went in an international tournament would come from. But yeah, I think kind of Luis Enrique has um, definitely helped improve them as a manager, and then kind of they have another kind of wave of young talent coming through. Gabby, who you mentioned, who yeah, again phenomenal. Like he's he's barely seventeen, not to mind seventeen years old. Um, and then Pedri, who was missing, and um, Ansu Fati still not fully back fit. That's some teenage talent to kind of keep your eye on Inca guitar.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd, uh, I'd I'd echo the statement of the two Steves there. I'm looking, and like out of nowhere, you've Ferran Torres, Gavi, Laporte. Uh, you're looking around the team at like Espelicueta, Alonso I couldn't tell you the age of Busquets but you know a few aging players and a few average players Brian Gill from Spurs came on and you're looking down through the rest of the Spain team and you're wondering where, where's it going to come from but uh, yeah the the new talent that's kind of popped out of nowhere there is uh, fantastic um,
1: and that's the thing it kind of really has kind of come out of nowhere like um... Pedri uh, two years ago was uh, playing for I think Las Palmas in the second division of Spain and then Barcelona signed him thinking like you know he's going to be one for the future and he just bursts onto the scene for Barcelona and he becomes like they're probably one of their best players Uh, obviously not not including Ansu Fadi because he was injured last season but uh, and I think only as far I think today he only just signed a contract extension for Barcelona with his release clause being 1 billion euros so like that kind of shows you how dead set Barcelona are and trying to hold on to any sort of asset they have and uh, yeah he's going to be a great player him and Gavi in the midfield as a, and then you have Ansu Fadi obviously in the in the front three in somewhere so a lot of great talent yeah yeah high
0: high praise for Spain just a little conscious that even myself I'm I'm looking at players that aren't in the Premier League and we're talking about fantasy football but it's hard to ignore some of that young talent that's coming through uh, we'll move along to the other semi-final in the Nations League, where a cracker between France and Belgium, uh, which the French won 3-2. Uh,
1: what did you think, boys? Uh, yeah, um, Belgium uh, 2-0 up at half-time and looked cruising. They looked set to, to just close this one out, but uh, Bel- Belgium just turned into Belgium in a major tournament and just com- almost completely com- capitulated. Um it has to be said as well, France just were a completely different team in the second half. They were all completely off the boil in the first, and they just completely turned it around. Um, Benzema and Mbappe working well together, uh, getting the fir- Mbappe assisting Benzema for the first. And then Griezmann, Griezmann winning a penalty for the equaliser. I um, thought he went down a bit easy, but like looking at it on the replay, it was it was probably a penalty. I just didn't like how he just sort of leapt into the air afterwards. And then, uh, obviously Lukaku had a chance to win it. Um, before, I think in either bef- just before extra time or in extra time. And the goal was ruled out by VAR for offside, rightly so as well. Um, and then you had Tio Hernandez, uh, score an absolute belter, uh, to win it at the end. Uh, Tio Hernandez, by the way, not the other Hernandez, that's his brother Lucas who plays for Bayern. Um, and it was just to, to cap off what was a, a really nice game, but Belgium are just going to be kicking themselves again that they kind of feel like they let another one get away. And that squad isn't getting any younger. You got Lukaku, who's around twenty eight. Kevin De Bruyne, I think, is thirty one. Their their defenders are are Vertonghen and um, who's like playing. What is he playing over from Benfica? He's like thirty four, and they just don't really seem to have the same uh, amount of young players coming through as they did for that generation.
0: Yeah, similar to the Dutch team that came and went there and kind of achieved very little. Uh, question for Steve Lines, Kev there with two assists um, seems to have. I, I don't know. There's a few opinions going around like this that, that Kev for like two years now has been either injured or maybe not even playing that well when he's out there. What what do you think?
2: I wouldn't say for a, a two full years, but um, yeah, there there has been kind of some injury troubles with him recently. Um, And I I don't think he's kind of fully gotten his kind of legs back under him after kind of his most recent kind of spell with injuries. He got injured towards the end of the last season uh, in the Champions League final. um, Picked up another knock during the Euros. So um, I I just I think kind of in the next few weeks we're going to be back to seeing kind of the name brand Kevin de Bruyne that people know and kind of and now over me personally I'm one of them.
0: You think he'll come back to his former glory. Yeah,
2: I I, I think former glory is a, a kind of a bit harsh. I don't think he's been that off the boil. Um maybe some of it is it's not his natural FPL production. He can still kind of pull the strings for City, but I I would agree yeah uh, not not his best start to the season. Um but I, I think he'll catch uh, fire soon.
0: Yeah, I, I agree that he he probably has more in him. Um, I'm going to move us along again. I'm going to go to the uh, we'll go to the playoff first, or it's not yet yeah, the third place playoff of the Nations League between Italy and Belgium. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> let one of ye reveal the
1: result this time. <laughs> yeah, so um, Italy two, uh, Belgium one. Um, kind of felt like both sides weren't really. Um, putting out their strongest side I know Belgium had a couple of injuries Lukaku I think was one of them he didn't start the game um, Barella uh, with and Berardi with a penalty uh, for Italy and uh, a, a young player um, from Bruges uh, getting the goal for Belgium with another Kevin De Bruyne assist, I'm, I'm trying to avoid his name because it's very hard to pronounce Um but yeah, the the main um, the main thing that came out of this game was the interviews that kind of came afterwards. Kevin De Bruyne is saying like, "Look, we our twenty two man squad isn't like Italy's twenty two man squad. We don't have the same depth that they do," and um, kind of admitting like, you know, that you know, there people expecting them to challenge for World Cups and everything. He's kind of saying we need to calm down about that sort of talk, um, and then. Courtois, um, talking afterwards, saying that uh, UEFA and FIFA are only concerned with money; they're not concerned with player welfare, and uh, their only t- uh, interest is lining their own pockets. Which you know, he's definitely got a point. When you talk about FIFA wanting to have a World Cup every two years, UEFA going to the Swiss model for the Champions League and talking about extending the number of teams that are in it, um, and if so there's more games. Like you, you, you definitely feel that he has a point there, um. Overall the game felt just like it was a standard game playing out. Didn't really feel like there was the same spark to it that the semi-finals had. Yeah, I'm I'm looking around uh, the
0: Belgium team, Tielemans after a poor game was got the curly finger. Kev came in after being rested. Um uh, looking at the Italian team and I can't even see a Premier League footballer. So um uh yeah, Jorginho came on in the 70th. Any final words, Steve Lyons, on this one? Give it a, sum it up in one word.
2: International break, I'm going to use it as one word because, yeah, we all just... It's international and a separate word, break, two different things. International break is just torture for us. And I think even kind of the players with the third-place playoff comments and such kind of echo that that is a bit of a bit of
0: a drag yeah international breaker, as we know and hate <laughs> it is <laughs> is you're probably right um yes so then le bleu were successful in the final uh 2-1 maybe this
1: game had a bit
0: more spice to it
1: yeah um the france spain was a, a much more um exciting game uh i think a Ar- ratabal Given uh, Spain an early lead with a, a very very tidy finish, with an assist from Sergio Busquets, and then almost almost like a FIFA kickoff goal, <laughs> uh, France go down the field and Mbappe plays in Benzema, who hits an absolute just he he just looked at, her at the ball and said whatever you can do I can do better and hits an absolute pearl or into the top right hand corner of the net from the far left hand side of the box. Um, Takes a bit of a, uh, takes a bit of a deflection off the keeper, gets, kind of gets a hand to it. I suppose not a deflection. So he just, he doesn't get a strong enough hand to keep it out. And, uh, yeah, it was just a brilliant finish. And then just when you thought it was looking like it was going towards extra time, um, Mbappe gets played in by Tio Hernandez, kind of, uh, um, step overs around the, uh, and then sends the keeper to the ground and then tucks the ball in under his armpit for the goal. Um, looking at it for me, and what the camera angles were showing, I thought he was definitely offside, uh, absolutely. And I think the reason that he wasn't given offside is because Eric Garcia attempts to play the ball. Like he slides he slides to try and, and, and take take the possession away from Mbappe. Um but he only gets a touch. And I think the ref said because he had played the ball then Mbappe was no longer offside which I think is wrong I think that is the wrong interpretation of the rule from what I can understand I believe the pl- the defender has to be seen to be in control of the ball for that to be applicable even even at the amateur level you see that call Exactly yeah if you if the defender gets a barest touch Exactly that really yeah matter. so for it to be given there at at that stage I thought was I thought left a sour taste um Spain tried to get back into it. They, still, they unloaded the bench, but France were able to hold tough and, and, and claim the nation, the UEFA Nations League, the, the trophy everyone dreams of winning as a kid. Yeah. Um, something satisfying about
0: Benzema stepping up and getting business done there when it, when it mattered. Um, and I look around for a bit of fantasy relevance. Uh, what, what I'm conscious of a little bit is players playing the full 90. I noticed Ronaldo there for the Portugal game. Didn't come off, got his hat trick, and I'm looking at Pogba here played in ninety. Of course, that's a a full week ago now, or a full week prior to the Premier League fixtures that are coming. So maybe not totally relevant. Um, yeah, I'm I am i gonna cut the international break. I'm gonna draw a line under it here because I'm conscious of the the length of the podcast. Uh, maybe, Mister Lines, have you a final comment on the Nations League final?
2: Um, yeah, I just think the kind of That very uh, dodgy kind of offside, not even decision, justification. uh, Yeah, kind of ruined what was turned out to be a very good and competitive game. And just before we leave international break, and I believe kind of enter enter waiver talk, just beware a lot of uh, South American internationals um, will be returning a lot later than their European counterparts. So we may see some rest in rotation
0: interesting I, I i appreciate fan tracks uh calling out exactly why some players may not be playing i notice they've done it with Thiago silva but yeah um yeah it sounds like we're naturally transitioning onto our our thoughts for the weekend and the picks we're going to make so that was the international break or the bit we wanted to talk about anyway And now let's have a look at the week ahead in the Premier League, Game Week 8. Nice to be getting out of this long international break into a bit of fantasy football. Uh, Yeah, so a look at the fixtures and the changes we're going to make, what our teams might look like. So let's have a quick look down through the fixtures. Uh, Starting off with Watford Liverpool, Um, Watford at home. Uh, I surely uh, everyone is going to be targeting Watford. Any Liverpool assets you might have is is certainly starting here.
1: Yeah, I have two Liverpool defenders, so they'll both be starting this game. I think ever have a match it might get rotated for Canate, but he's going to start anyway. You know.
2: Yeah, I'm just of the same opinion as well. Yeah, just the Liverpool boys are going to be rolled out. Um, I might wait closer to the, the team deadline about Yata, but. Very much, kind of, it's word upon when you know you have such a favourable uh,
0: opponent. If you got twenty minutes, you'd take it. Uh, Villa Wolves, a little more difficult to predict. Uh, Wolves may be turning a corner. Villa,
1: I'm not sure if ba- Bailey's back. He's still injured. I think he's still injured. Yeah. Um, Wolves mm-hmm. do look promising, though. Uh, Jimenez kind of looks back to his his old self, and they've got that striker on loan from Salzburg, uh, Huang. I think he got two goals in the last game before the break, so um, be an interesting game. Both sides like to like to attack, so don't know if there's many clean. Sh- if there's a clean sheet on the cards there. I certainly wouldn't be trying to predict
0: one. Leicester United. Um, I think my Man United. I have Lindelof. I think he'll be on the bench or maybe even wavered out. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'd be making that move with Lindelof if I were you. Because yeah,
0: it's. Um, with the
2: injury to Viranjir and international break, you know if he doesn't have him as his partner. He'll be the the lead centre back with Bayi. So and again, a, a tough uh, fixture against Leicester away, and a couple more tough fixtures coming up. By I, I don't, I wouldn't see the value in Lindelof right now.
1: As a variety owner, I'm rubbing my hands together yeah. for him to go <laughs> against that centre back pairing of Lindelof and Bayi.
0: He loves it against the traditional top six. Absolutely, yeah um i think we have a similar story so you're you're picking you're using your liverpool assets in the same way you're going to use city against burnley uh maybe keep an eye on who's going to get rested there coming out at international break but field them all <laughs> they're going to have a field day there at burnley well at home actually
1: oh yeah you'd imagine so like definitely
2: they've had three or four kind of games versus each other where yes it's been five nil city each time uh Pep really just has Sean Dyche's lumber.
1: That's that that's right, Steve. Don't they have like a don't, every time they play Burnley at home? Don't they typically win like four or five nil? Something mad, yeah.
2: And I think they did it away last season as well. So yeah, we could be looking at four in a row if um, kind of City do perform a bit as we expect.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, Norwich, Brighton. I I would be I'd be back in Brighton. I'm not sure I'd be picking up Brighton defender, but um, I, I'd expect them to score.
1: Yeah, you'd expect you'd expect Brighton to get the win just the way uh, Norwich are playing. Like I was, I'm contemplating it. A potential Shane Duffy maybe waiver, um, just because Norwich have been so poor. But then again, Timo Pukki did score two goals uh, for Finland in the last game just before the uh, the international break finished up. So interesting one.
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to make a, a short term move for a Brighton defender myself. Um, I, I like them; they've obviously been. One of the top teams in the league um, this season, and yeah, Norwich are just dire. Can't, can't score and can't keep anyone out.
0: Yeah, maybe the worst uh, Premier League team we've seen in the last number of years. Um, Leeds, Southampton. Uh, I, I last year I would have been expecting Leeds to do a number here. Um, not so much this time around.
1: Yeah it's early days in the league obviously but this kind of feels like an important one like it feels like both sides are kind of having the same kind of middling form Southampton are kind of just getting draws but not really getting any wins and Leeds are kind of just desperate to, to get, get a win as well so um, that could prove to be a pretty important game for how both sides finish up in the table towards the end of the season Armando Broja with a goal over the international break of course Oh for fuck's sake
2: Ward Prowse, I believe, missing for Southampton as well, and then to combine with Bamford missing for Leeds, just uh, kind of yeah, two not great teams missing key pieces. So yeah, any sort of
0: uh, could be a points
2: taken there be huge.
0: Um, Brent, I I I don't I don't want to back anyone that has to play Brentford. Um, obviously, Chelsea are an awful team to play against as well, but. If you have your forwards for Chelsea, yeah, you're playing them, but this could be a bit of an awkward fixture for them.
2: Yeah, I think Brentford have kind of proven throughout a kind of number of big fixtures um, that they are no mugs and that um, not only will they defend well, but they are capable of scoring and threatening your goal. Um, we've obviously talked about Ivan Toney um, earlier in the podcast, but um, yeah, the, the, their whole team as a unit has been mightily impressive, um, beaten Arsenal and um, almost kind of unlucky to draw against Liverpool. Um, so yeah, you can't definitely um, no assumptions to be made against uh, picking up points against Brentford.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, but uh, if there's any team that kind of seems well suited to go up against Brentford, it is Chelsea because they do seem like a side who will just score one goal and then seem happy to sit back and defend for the for the next like however. 70 80 minutes you know um but yeah brentford are, are they're looking dangerous so it, it's tough to call
0: yeah my my initial instinct was ooh, win for chelsea but then it was like oh brentford um tiago silva will be gone so you're back three there's tiago silva rudiger christensen most likely um yeah, it'll be As interesting... for you,
2: maybe maybe Chaliba after um, the international break because yeah. he'd have been someone who didn't yeah. go away. Yeah.
0: Um, Everton West Ham is an interesting one. Uh, I suppose yeah, I would back West Ham. I think I'd back West Ham.
1: Um, it's interesting. It's a return of the uh, the Merseyside derby almost for the, in terms of managers like Rafa, former Liverpool. <laughs> Brent, uh, sorry, Dave Moyes, former Everton. But um, I don't know. Everton are are a tough side to beat. Like uh, Rafa has them set up to play a certain way, and it seems to be working for them so far. Like they've done pretty well considering that they haven't had Richarlison or, or Calvert Lewin for the last few weeks. Like Townsend has stepped up big time. Damari Gray looks a great find for less than two million quid. Like um, I wouldn't be make. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be saying West Ham win so easily. Um, I think this will be a tighter one than than you think on.
0: Yeah, you, you could do a full podcast on Everton, actually, the, the transition they're kind of going through. Um, I, I really didn't think those two wingers are going to work out, Townsend and Demary Gray, but uh, it's interesting, and even with the players they have to come back, they could turn into a very good team. I suppose I was backing West Ham's form, which is going well. Uh, do we expect Spurs to do the usual against Newcastle? Spurs it up, you mean? Exactly.
1: Oh, I certainly hope. As an Arsenal fan, I certainly hope so. I don't know. What do you think, Steve?
2: Um, oh, obviously, hoping for that. And kind of, it's great to see. Um, one thing that was great to see during the international break was Harry, Harry Kane's miserable form continue. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm just San Maximan for Newcastle just looks at tread any time he's near a football. So hopefully he can yeah. kind of run the Spurs defence ragged
1: one thing you can be guaranteed is that that place will be absolutely rocking um for that game after the takeover like i think the game is the next few games in st james's park are already sold out so like uh if if spurs were hoping to have like an easy atmosphere and an easy game they're not going to get it when all those fans rock into that stadium um now whether the team will show up or not is another scenario but like the fans are going to play their part anyway
0: yeah tough tough one to call uh, given Arsenal's form, I expect no more than two goals for Conor Gallagher <laughs> in the Arsenal Palace fixture.
1: You mean Arsenal's form
0: of keeping clean sheets? That's why I think he won't score any more than two. Oh,
1: oh I see what you've done there. Yeah, We
2: were able to turn the hat-trick tap that uh, Conor Gallagher is off um, due to our mighty defensive record recently.
0: Um, yeah, 50 million for Ben White was uh, an inspired decision.
1: Oh look, um, Ramsdale has done well since he's got the starting gig uh, it's hard to imagine a path back for Leno at the moment and I think his contract expires at the end of the season so you know how that play- situation plays out I suppose is a different story but they've looked solid, uh, has to be said um, they feel the back four feel more confident with Ramsdale between the sticks um, Palace aren't the side they used to be Like they, they like to play more attacking football under Vieira so you know, um, you'd be thinking an Arsenal clean sheet, but you wouldn't be as confident as you would have been in past seasons. But I still think they'll get the business done. Um, I saw Bamyang scored for Gabon in their last game before the end of the break, so hopefully he can carry that form over. Okay, um
0: yeah I'll be following that one closely I I, I, I'm, I like the look of palace this season so I'll be that, that's kind of my fixture for the weekend I think that I'll be watching very closely. Um,
1: that's a Monday Night football game.
0: Nice nice that's an, an after work beer so um, I want us to take a quick look at our own teams what they might look going into the weekend, what they might look like and um, conscious time. yeah let's uh, let's go ahead and do that.
1: Do you want to kick us off, Steve? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'll probably um, I'll probably be starting Schmeichel, um, just because I feel like, well, you know, going up against Ronaldo. My other alter alter option is Jordan Pickford, so I'll have to debate that one. Uh, Like I said, both the Liverpool boys will be starting for me: Robertson and Matip. Cancelo will be getting the nod against Burnley. and um, potential waiver um of a of my defender there. I've Mark Hall in there at the moment, but I think he's gonna get the gonna get the hook. Um midfield of Bowen, Madison and Townsend. Uh Bowen and Townsend I'm happy with Madison hasn't done anything for me all season, but when the alternative is Jaden Sancho, you know, have to see. Um and then ver- very happy with my front three of Salah, Tony and Vardy. Um, Marcus Rashford still to come back from injury, but he's back and I think he's back in some sort of full training anyway. Um, um if he does, if, if he does come on, it will be as a sub, but I don't imagine it will. in in, a, in the, a game like that, they'll probably wait for for an easier game to try and ease him in. But that's more or less how I'm looking at, at lining up for the moment. Tough one with
0: the keepers. Um, who do you expect Antonio or Ronaldo to score? Basically, is the decision. Um... And I think I think it's hard to ever play a goalkeeper against Cristiano Ronaldo. So maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe because of that, I might I might be going for Pickford. Um. Yeah. So interesting. Look at the weekend. I'll I'll, I'll quickly jump down through my own team. I'll be having Allison in goals against Watford. Um, Ramsdale will stay on the bench so as not to concede them two to three goals from Gallagher. Hopefully Laporte and Diaz both start in the game against Burnley. As I mentioned, I might drop Lindelof for that fixture against Leicester. Thiago Silva will sit in the bench, I'd imagine. I have Cresswell, of course he has Everton, so I'll see about that. I may, I may have to make a move with Thiago Silva. Too, too many defenders there that I'm looking at leaving on the bench. Midfield Kai Havertz and Pogba both start against Brentford and Leicester. Connor Gallagher, I'd be hoping to have him as my first sub. Dwight McNeil is going to get the chop. Uh, yet to pick a midfielder, so I'll have to get onto that tomorrow. Um, it's going to be tough. And then the forwards, Paddy Bamps is going to have to stay in the bench, so I think I feel like I've named about five <laughs> bench players. Uh, Ronaldo, man, yeah, I was nice. just thinking,
1: how big is your bench?
0: <laughs> it's large. Uh, Ronaldo, Mané, Son—obviously, all are going to start. So, uh, yeah, it's it's plain to see I have some issues in my squad going into game week. Eight. Yeah,
1: well, it, it, the reason I'm asking about the bench is because based on the performance of this podcast, I could very well be sitting there myself. You'd like to know who's who you're going to be keeping company with? I'd like to know who's good crack. You know, I'll, I'll be there
2: as well, Steve. By the it, so we can discuss our pod the podcast.
1: No, no, you'll be rotated into the starting lineup by the sounds of things. <laughs> Ooh, Steve
0: Meiselbach getting the curly finger. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, nothing too exciting there. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll be changing my midfielder. I think I think whoever comes in for Dwight McNeil that'll be my big change for the week. Um, Steve, what's your team looking like to round us off?
2: Um, I'll be going with um the Chelsea goalkeeper, be it Mendy or or a surprise Kepa. Um, I will be. Yeah, getting rid of Matt Louton on waivers. Looking at the Brighton defence against Norwich there. Uh, Van Dyke against Watford locked in. Um, then, yeah, Arsenal defence as well. I'll probably go with that trio of defenders. Then in midfield, going to go with Foden, Rafinha and Saka. Bit risky there with Foden playing two games for England and Rafinha. I think back less than 36 hours after the international break before their kickoff. Um, but then the front four: Antonio, Lukaku, uh, Yata, and Tony. They'll kind of have to. I say they'll probably all remain due to potential international break rotation.
1: Yeah, the only the only one there is uh, Lukaku. He, he probably has a lay fitness test ahead of that game against Brentford, just because he didn't play the game for Belgium in the playoff.
2: I I'm not sure where I heard it, but I heard a thing where um, he probably would have played for Belgium Sunday if that was the final and not the third place playoff.
1: I I was debating that in my head, but I said, look, I that'd be me just putting speculation on it. I just go with what was the what yeah. the reports were. But yeah, that makes total sense as well. Well,
2: I'm just f- crossing my fingers really I read news I wanted to hear uh, that's the 21st century
1: <laughs> yeah people don't get the news they want anymore they get the facts they want
2: I just want, you know, kind of affirmation in my own horrible thoughts
1: okay
0: man thanks for the look at your team and uh, the depressing conclusion um, <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up for today um, Yeah. any last
1: word from the boys um I'm just actually pretty happy that when you said Steve, like, neither of us, like, jumped on top of each other and we got through it without really any incident. So I'm actually quite surprised and quite happy about that.
2: Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say as well as that, like, yeah, Owen's cue was uh, Steve, not realizing that, uh, that, that doesn't really suit his audience on this week's part. It's a good <laughs> thing we have no
1: audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: hey, I am a guest, I'm, I'm, I am the audience, and, uh,
0: uh, don't
1: insult my man like that, on. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it,
0: it, we were trying to appeal to Stephen Lines today. That was the the goal. Um, all right. I think I you know. achieved that. Thank you. You can you can leave a like on the podcast. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, Steve Lines, for joining us. Uh, that was fun. I think uh, we'll be looking forward.
1: Thank you, Steve. We'll be looking
0: forward to having a few more um, interviewees join us other members from the league um, it
2: was an absolute pleasure to be on lads and um i think it'd be hard for anyone to uh match uh, this first guest appearance on their technical difficulties and um, i'm setting the bar up there high for basically anyone who knows how to work a computer
1: what, what i'm th- what i wanted maybe i don't know we'll try and workshop it but is do you remember when people go on top gear and they do the the star in a reasonably priced car, and they'd have like a leaderboard. I want to try and see if we can do some sort of leaderboard for all the people we get on the pod. I think that'd be fun. That oh, would be nice. Yeah,
0: see how poorly someone can manage to get in. If if someone if someone tries to podcast on, uh, I don't know, like a Walkman, that they'd be the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. all right i'm wrapping it up um if you want to interact with us on this podcast you can do so at the discord which is mentioned in the podcast description if you want to see the league itself you can click the link in the podcast description also um Shanae, Sloan, slawn all the best men thank you very much the opposite of a howdy to everyone